Cox on the Stove, welcome back. Today we are going to – there's a lot of crazy things that happened this weekend in sports, um, most importantly football. And so we're going to do a recap of college football week 10 today, and we will have an NFL recap coming out tomorrow. So starting us off with this craziness of crazy, Duke Blue Devils Friday night defeated Boston College to become bowl eligible. Shout out Anthony Nelson. Sent me a bowling pin emoji. Love, love it. Love it. Got me fired up. Okay. I was looking at their schedule because Nelson was texting me just like saying how good of a season they're having, blah, 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 all this stuff. If they don't get upset in overtime to Georgia Tech, this Duke team would be in the uh, ACC championship because their only loss would be North Carolina, who beat them by a field goal, okay? And then they played Virginia Tech, Pitt, and host Wake Forest. They could win out. So they're not getting a lot of attention. Shout out Duke. I just think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Way to start us off. Uh, moving on from that, um, let's get into some of the other interesting games of the week. Um, first off, we had – Kind of a subpar showing from Ohio State, you know, one of the remaining undefeated teams in college football. And they only beat Northwestern 21-7. I'm pretty sure they were losing at first. They had never uh, trailed yes. by was, seven points before. It was 7-7 seven, seven at halftime. Yeah. Um, surprising. I believe uh, there was a stat where it was like they were down 7 nothing after the first quarter. And it was like the first time since like a while they had been trailing by seven points. Um but, yeah, you know, terrible inclement weather kind of hindered the passing game in that. And, you know, a team that's kind of built around C.J. Stroud and kind of their wide receiver weapons. Um, well, it, I mean, how it, just, it shows us once again, Zach, that uh, the Northwestern Stadium is just atrocious. And, yeah, yeah, the weather was terrible, too. I mean, you saw you saw uh, Noah Ruggles kick that kick, and it just yeah, stood it, it like literally hit a brick wall and then pushed. Like, yeah. it's just – the weather is bad, which is – I understand. But at the same time, I did see a tweet or a post or something. And it was like, you are you have no awareness. Like, do you not under – oh, it's Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt was like, you're playing at Northwestern in November. You expect the weather to be good there? Like, you, they're coming out so surprised. Like, yeah, obviously, it's still hard to play in that. But, like, don't come out shocked that the weather at Northwestern beginning of November is bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Every time I feel like we bring up Northwestern, we can't find a good thing to say about them. Yeah. I want to know. I I want to know how in the world their recruiters aren't signed to some of the best programs in the world. Because how the fuck do you convince any kid in America that Northwestern is the place to be? Because it's a great education. It's one of the best schools in the country publicly. I mean, go go somewhere else, bro. Like you can do a lot better than Northwestern. <laughs> It's a really good school. Like it's like a very good school. Hey, hey, it, we we're a great school. We play some shitty football, and our field's gonna be so bad that you're gonna want to kill yourself. Oh, and um, you're never gonna have anyone at your games, and your mother might not even show up to watch you play your first collegiate game. Yeah, yeah, but but also like, what if you're a two star kid? You have zero Power Five offers, and your only Power Five offers Northwestern. Why wouldn't? I mean. Touche, but <laughs> yeah, let's go. 
Yeah. Then again, I'd be pretty suspect. If you were a two-star kid, though, and you showed up to school one day and you had no offers and you're a two-star and you were like, oh, I just got offered by Northwestern. I'm like, you just pulled the most random fucking university name out of your ass. Yo, First yo, of all. So this is how I got the idea. No disrespect whatsoever. I love you, man. And you're one of my best fucking friends. Been one of my longest friends for a long time. But my boy Estefano Feliciano had no power five offers. And then a week before signing day, his senior year, Northwestern threw him an offer, and I told him to fucking take it. But he went to he went to ODU. Oh fuck, that's so funny. Not only that, the school's called Northwestern, yet they're dead center of the Midwest. Like, could yeah. not be. <laughs> I think it's because of the Northwestern of Chicago, Zach. But I mean, shit. Be more specific. Call yourself Northwest. I think I would have more respect for you if you were like a more specified name and you were like, oh, we're Northwest Chicago University. Like, I'd be like, damn, like, they're pretty good. The yeah, they're, yeah, I'm like, that's a great school considering how fucking uber specific their name is. But the <laughs> fact that they're just like so general, like any, like a, here, here's the way I view it. The more general your name is, the better you have to be. Like, you can't just call yourself Florida State and not dominate the state of Florida. Like, you can't call yourself, like, like, look at, uh, USC, all of South California. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, too much. Too much riding on you. Like, not not happening. Alabama. North, Northwestern Chicago. Nothing. Northwestern Chicago, I don't know you, but I respect you. You just and call yourself not, Northwestern. You're a smaller school, so you're getting a small pool. It's you get more of a clip. You'll get a more, like, niche, like, group. Yeah. Yeah, because you get really weird apparel. Like, who wouldn't want a shirt of just a random ass like county of fucking Chicago or Is Illinois? that a D one school, dude? That's a Big Ten school. Big facts. But yeah, moving Northwestern, on. Northwestern, change had, your name. Uh, we had TCU play Texas Tech, which Zach said was going to be a close game. I said it wasn't going to be a close game, but it was a close game. They won by ten. Did cover for us. We took TCU plus eight and a half, minus eight and a half. Good game, and the thing I liked about it, Zach from a perspective of like see what I saw out of uh, TCU was that they got hit with adversity hard in the mouth in the beginning of the game, 10 points like off rip from Texas Tech and then instead of freaking out like oh my gosh we're going to lose our ranking, like what are we going to do, what are we going to do they kept their cool, they put 21 up in the second half 21 in the fourth quarter to get a 10 point win, like they they didn't seem phased, they didn't freak out, mind you this is a team that I want to say this is their third or fourth win this season that changed that the score changed in the second half and they were able to they were able to win it. Like they've been doing a great job of coming back. And I think that's one of their strengths. And it, I think that's what makes them a scary sleeper team is that you could be kicking their ass in the first half. It doesn't matter. Then they just come back in the second every time. Yeah. I mean, TC Sonny Dyke, first of all, um, going absolutely he's got insane. He's got yeah, he's this point's getting pretty ridiculous. Um, Max Dugan, who isn't really getting any um you know Heisman talk or anything along those lines but that I think that even shows you how good this team is just overall playing together like they don't have one player that I can really like point to outside of Dugan that I'd be like oh he's like the main reason that they've won so many games and that they're undefeated you know they've just been playing extremely well in all three phases of the game um obviously their defense could be better but what what can you really expect out of a big 12 team like I really don't I'm not going to sit here and act like the Big 12 is like always known for their defenses. And usually when they are, they make deep playoff runs. Um, I mean, as of now, TCU sits pretty handily 
um, in their conference. They can even lose a game if they want to because um, the next closest team is Texas at four and two um, in conference play. That is, they're no, six and three overall. Uh, if they lose to Texas, um, no Texas, shot. No Texas too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, uh, the rest of their schedule is like they got through the hell of the Big Big Twelve early. Yep. They the, after the Texas game, it's only at Baylor, who's not good this year, and then they host Iowa State, who's even worse. Yeah. See, this is what kind of pisses me off about like only the top four make it to the playoffs because TCU's like made it as a four team, but if they just have their one bad game of the year they're coming done. against Texas, yeah, they're done. They're done. It's yeah. too late in the year to recover. It's just not possible. Um, that's kind of what football is. It's not really forgiving. Um, I mean, as of now, we only have one. No, we have two two loss teams. And the top 10. It's been one of them is – Yep. And they're both SEC schools. So The thing is, though, Zach, is like, yeah, it's cool to see like a 14-0, 15-0 team, you know, win the ship. Like, that's awesome and stuff. But, like, what happened to rewarding, like, overcoming adversity? You know, like, like you get two – you start off 0-2, and, and then you just beat everyone by a 25-point margin the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. You're, you're not the same team in week 15 that you were in week one and two. Yeah, I think yeah. uh, I think that's one of the things that kind of held LSU back at first, um, is because they lost to a Florida State team that everyone thought was really shitty, and they were like, "Oh, LSU, like Brian Kelly's way in over his head, like you should have taken a job, yada yada yada." Dude, Florida State just happened to play a really good game, and LSU just got caught. And you've seen since then, LSU's played extremely well, which makes me want to jump into my next point about this: is Brian Kelly finally getting getting his signature win? Um, in the SEC against Alabama, you know, stormed the field, rightfully so. I thought that was well-deserved. You know, they kind of had – he was kind of thrown into the fire, like, off-rip. Like, he lost that opening week at the neutral site, and everyone and their mother wanted that man's head. They were coming at him for his fake Louisiana accent. They were shitting on him for leaving uh, Notre Dame. You know, um, it just was not a good site for Notre Dame – or on, for Brian Kelly, I mean. And then to really bounce back after that, I mean, he's worked LSU up into a seven seed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to look at their past games, outside that opening loss to Florida State, their only other loss was to a Tennessee team that was on a war path prior to their loss this week against Georgia. Um, we'll get to Tennessee later. But, yeah, just unbelievable. You know, they finally beat Nick Saban um, and that Alabama team who just it's, – it's weird to say because, like, you think of like a nine and two record or eight and two, whatever there are, you, you think that's a great season, but yet if you're an Alabama fan, it's like the worst season. You've oh seen yeah. The yeah. Dude, the thing is, uh, real quick, we're going back to the Brian Kelly thing. Yeah, dude, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm becoming a Brian Kelly fan. I'm going to be completely yeah. honest. I, he is growing on me so much. And when he got hired to LSU, okay. I was telling people, I was like, listen, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Never have I ever been a Notre Dame fan. But it is impossible to argue that what Brian Kelly did at Notre Dame with what he was given was un- spectacular. He did amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took him to the playoffs well, twice. He won AP Coach of the Year three times. He took him to a natty. Like, with Notre Dame players, you know? He got a top yeah. 10 recruiting class every year he was there with Notre Dame. Like, they have, they have to have good grades to get into Notre Dame. Like, it's hard to recruit to Notre Dame, you know? It's not like... In the South, it's 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 a Catholic school, and it's hard to recruit there. Mm-hmm. Now you're putting one of the best recruiters in college football at LSU, where it's the easiest place in the world to recruit. 
come to Baton Rouge, come to one game, tell me you don't want to play here. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the easiest thing to recruit. And then he has that game. He has the game against Florida State. Media people are making fun of him for losing. Boosters are already talking about getting rid of him. One game. He has coached one game, okay, against a good Power 5 team. Coached one game. They're already talking about getting rid of him. And now look what he's yeah. done. And now look what he's done. And he's getting recruits out the ass right now. Now look what he's done. You, yeah. you don't got to like him. He can do his fake Louisiana shit. He can be cringy. You don't have to like him. But your job as a fan and as a player for him isn't to like it isn't to like him. It's for him to win and for you to respect him. And he's winning and he's getting their respect. And that's why I think it's like they jumped the gun too early to shit on him. He hasn't even played with his own fucking players yet, Zach. Think about that. Think about that. Mm. I just and he lets his nuts hang. He went for two. He said, fuck it. First overtime, too. Yeah, bro. scored on the scored on the first play and was like, "Fuck it, we're ending it." Like I got the play call, I don't need it. I'm it's like I don't feel you, like bro, going back and forth. I'm not going to be an LSU fan anytime soon, but I think Brian Kelly might go down as one of my favorite coaches if he keeps up this 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 path at LSU. And yeah. the other thing I want to talk about on the, oh, no, you, I'm sorry. You know, um, was it on the topic of LSU again? Yeah, it was, no, it was on Alabama, but you you were talking about Alabama first. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, we can touch on them later because um, I wanted to – we accidentally skipped over a game here, which also covers some uh, SEC football. Yeah. Don't want to skip over, you know, SEC football action considering how much the rest of media conglomerates have sucked off the SEC. Yes. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about two of the least favorable teams on this podcast. Um, I think in our hierarchy of hating – they're up there in the upper echelon. We should definitely just, uh, get a poll made at the end of the season of our top 10 least favorite college football teams. Yes. We should have like a haters hierarchy. I think that's what we'll call it. Oh, we'll have like a I pyramid. Like that. Yeah, that's good. We'll have like a pyramid of like, it's like your food groups pyramid where like you have your essentials and it's like who we need to hate on every fucking week. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that'll be at the top. And then like second level is like, we're going to diss them. Like just they'll catch random strays like all the time, but like we don't really hate them. Third is like, your cringe people who like I just fucking hate you. Because like it's like we're kind of hopping on the wave to hate you, like everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then four and five is kind of just like you did some shit, so I'm gonna you, you pissed in my. I I woke up and someone pissed in my Cheerios, and so I'm gonna piss in your Cheerios. Yeah, because I fucking hate you. Um, or like or like vote, one random play or like something that pissed me off for that weekend. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my number one is definitely just Matt McDonald. It's not even a team. It's just <laughs> it's Matt not even a team. <laughs> <laughs> um whatever Any he team died. matt mcdonald cheers for <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'll be up there but um back to where we started from uf and texas a&m played this past weekend um surprised me because um you know i don't give a shit about watching these two teams yeah, um, me neither. <laughs> um but in good um good news only keeps getting better um uf didn't improve their standing at all because they beat texas a&m so bad that i think people just kind of started to second guess whether texas a&m was good at all <laughs> no one was like yo dude uf's actually good. yeah yeah like no no dude like uf finally did something it was like nah texas a&m's fucked like jimbo's yeah, probably gonna like, get his 10-year contract he lost a florida brother fucking horrible yeah 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 not like not happening um absolutely abysmal showing by jimbo um his NCAA 14 ass playbook just keeps getting fucking worse and worse by the game. Um, uh, I do want to mention it, though they did get hit with that. I mean, I'm not 
backing him whatsoever, but <laughs> they did get hit with that flu that they lost like a lot of players in the roster. But my, I like my dad said, I always refer to my dad, but like, I mean, I see him more than any person in my fucking life. He was like, uh, he was like, he thinks the issue is that Jimbo lost the locker room. Those kids don't want to win for him. They have no, like, they're not like Jimbo's like, all right, let's do it. And they're like, yeah, they're like, we don't give a shit. Like they yeah. don't care. They, when we talk about Brian Kelly with winning and respect, it's the exact fucking opposite with Jimbo Fisher. He's not winning, yeah. nor does anyone. The school doesn't even fucking respect him. Yeah. But um, I'm going to keep it real. Fuck your respect. Just pay me my money. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, give me, you give me $95 million, you can wipe your ass with it before you hand it to me. Yeah, Dog, I don't I don't care either. yeah that's where they're <laughs> fucked. That's where I want to talk to you about, Zach. What do you do if you're texting them right now? Because if you fire Jimbo, you have to give him $95 million. Uh, I mm, see it's hard to speak as someone who doesn't give a shit about Texas A&M. Yeah, I know. It's um, really hard. Yeah, because this is also coming from a state that people bet their mortgages on high school football games. So I don't want to know what money they're putting together for a college team in the middle of college station. Um, these well, people dude, are this fucking is what's, nuts. what's crazy about it. They give them all this money. Okay. Mm-hmm. They get like a brand new stadium, brand new facilities, brand new, like, they rebuild their fucking image for this man, all right? And then he gets back-to-back-to-back fire recruiting classes, and he's three and six. So he has, he has the, the jerseys. They have the attendance. They have the 12th man shit going on. They have the facilities, and they have the players. So there's literally not a single thing for, as an excuse other than him. Nope. Embarrassing. Ah. Uh- Cause like one side of me says like yeah, fire him, raise the money, whatever, hire a new coach. But at the same time, at the same time, you need to learn from your mistakes. You need you need. Yeah, to you should you ju- you jumped on the gun way too. Dude beat Alabama. They gave him ninety five million dollars. Yeah, they were like, oh my god. <laughs> they were like, this man is Jesus. If he beat um, Alabama, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If he beat Alabama in that game, they should have won. I think they, I don't think they'd be that mad this year. I think they'd give him a contract extension, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> they'd be like, oh, 10 years, 95. How about 15 and 130? They're like, look, get us six wins. Get us to a bowl game. We'll use the media to blow it up. Just keep beating Alabama. Yeah, just keep doing it. And then Nick Saban, and then Nick Saban's probably sitting there like, yeah, I haven't even signed an extension. Just give me – 30% of Jimbo's contract and I'll lose to him every year. Yeah. It's like, I don't give a shit. Uh, but yeah, real quick, before we move on, what, what do you do if you're a Texas a What do you do? Um, knowing their fans, they'll probably fire him and raise the money. Um, do, you fin- do you finish the season out with them? Yeah. I mean, there's – I don't think there's any point not to. like. I mean, what, we're nine? He has – Damn, yeah. I think they have to win out to go to a bowl game. They do. Oh, they're so fucked. They're not going to go to a yeah, bowl no. game. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, they're they fucked. They play at Auburn, which I'm going to be honest, I think Auburn's going to win. Then they host UMass, so they're going to get that. Maybe, maybe. And then they they host LSU in rivalry week. I Dude, I kind of feel scared for LSU, game, LSU though, because that is such a trap game. Oh, so, like, my God. It's, it's, job. Yeah, they're five tech, and six. Yeah. At Texas A&M rivalry weekend, 
yeah, like Jimbo's job is on the line. Like you just know Brian Kelly is like waiting to just fuck something up so fans can like be mad at him, but yet still recognize he's a great coach. Be like, yeah, you beat Alabama this year, but you also fucked us by losing to Texas A&M. I think if I'm if I'm Texas A&M, I see what happens. I don't fire him yet. Mm-mm. What yeah. if he wins out? What if he wins out and we finish seven and six? It's a great recovery. It's a great recovery. <clears throat> if he doesn't go to a bowl game, you fire him as soon as the season's over. And if he does and they win the bowl game, they go seven and six. You you sit down with them and you go, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you spring ball. All right? We're going to give you spring ball. We're going to see how it goes. We're going to see what we see in the spring game. Depending on that, it would depend on your future. He sucks dick. He's gone. He's gone. If nothing changes, he's gone. If if you see some improvement, you might as well try one more time because you gave him 95 fucking million dollars. Hey, but I mean, like we said, he's got the 12th man behind him. He's got a lot of things that could go right for him. It's all about capitalizing on it. You know who isn't home with the 12th man? Still deserves their respect. University of Tulane. They're eight and one this year, 16th ranked in the country. Yet for some reason, College Game Day, who is a entity that is supposed supposed to promote and recognize the amazing college campuses we have throughout our United States elected to go to a six and three Texas to promote that game against Kansas state. Now, look, I understand both the team. It's next week's game day. Oh, next week's game day. Yeah. This week's game day was Tennessee, Georgia. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to go to Texas TCU, which look, I, I can understand the argument for, I it's can't. a top it's a top four team versus another top twenty team. I get it. But how many Texas games this year? If I pull up Texas's schedule real quick. If I pull up Texas's schedule, they play TCU, they play Kansas at Kansas, and they play Baylor. You could have showed any other game this year. You could have showed Texas versus Alabama. You could have showed them versus Oklahoma State, and you could have showed them versus Kansas State. You could have showed those games. How often do you get the chance to see a school like Tulane, who's not historically renowned for their college football success, but you have very limited opportunities to get a team at their level and get to promote them like this? It's a school in the heart of Louisiana. Um, or New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans, excuse me. Heart of New Orleans. Their fans are excited for their football team this year. They're playing phenomenally. They keep climbing the rankings and they're about to play a 25th-ranked UCF team who knows how to bring the fucking packed house. Now, I, the game is at UCF, so we can't really argue there. But you could have at least put one no, game. I, dude, the game's at Tulane. Is it? No, I'm pretty sure it's at UCF. The game's at Tulane, brother, man. Oh, it okay, yeah, it is at Tulane. That's so, why it's in New Orleans. That's why everyone's saying. But this is the thing. I understand that college – This you want me to be completely honest? The reason college game day is going to Texas – TCU is because of money. They're going to get more viewers for that game than they would for the Tulane UCF yeah. game. Let's be completely honest. That is the only reason. It all comes down to money and viewership. Yeah. But college game day is supposed to one show off the campus, like you said. They've already been. They they're not supposed to two double down on a school and they've already went to Texas for the Alabama game. Okay, mm-hmm. and three, um, what's it called, dude? You're telling me game day in New Orleans wouldn't be fucking nuts, nuts, yeah. nuts. And four, they're supposed to promote the biggest and best game that week. Uh, 
Tulane at 16 and UCF at 24, both great programs. The winner is going to take on the AAC. That's a way better and bigger matchup on like rankings wise than the other one. Yeah. And like we said, we've already doubled down and we've already seen Texas. Like that's fine. And you know what? If you want to make it about money, then at least tell the fans it's all like it's strictly for the money. Don't sit here and say, hey, we're college game day. We're we're like created so we can promote all these great uh, universities and their football programs and give them a chance to represent their states and campuses. When we all know that that's complete bullshit. Yeah, that's no, not what you're there. It's all they want to go to the biggest game. Yeah. They, so who was it? Was it throw God that like, explained the reason for the times for the games every day? Like every Saturday? I think so. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you want to know why the LSU Tennessee game's at 11? So there's plenty of time before this game, which is at this time and this time, because they want the biggest games. They wanted that when you're on your TV and it's just it just goes from game to game to game, it's the biggest – like teams have the biggest market for the most views. Yep. Exactly. And that's why even though they're owned by different channels and you have to flip through the channels, guess what? You don't think those different media conglomerates are in contact with each other? Like, hey – why don't you start this game a little early so that way, like, we can get more viewers, like, at our time. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. Like, yeah, it's all a fucking business, bro. Yeah, like, uh, it just pisses me off. Tulane, you deserve your respect. People deserve to watch you play football. Get yourself in a New York Six Bowl this year and prove the people that you deserve. I would love that. I would love that. I would love them to win out and go 13-1. and one. Yeah. What was the next game? Maybe one day – yeah, maybe one day we'll get big enough and we'll have our own clocks on the stove game day. And we'll just go to like the most random goddamn game. I would love that country. so much. That would make me so like like what what Portnoy used to do at Barstool kind of. Yeah. However, I will say we're never showing up to Northwestern. No. Yeah, we would never get there first. Yeah. No. Never. Moving on from that, um, some other things that I feel kind of deserve some respect. Um, and you know, I've kind of been shitting on this player in particular for the most part. For the most part of the year, um, oh, Knicks, I'm a, the I'm University still a hater. Of still a hater. Still I a want hater. to, but look, I'm not going to say I'm a believer, but I got to give him his flowers. You know, the dude, he, he played one real defense and they butt fucked him. Yeah, but like nine to three, week one, week one, ah. I will. I will. I, feel I will like give a lot of. What's happening teams. right now is he's just doing the most Bo Nix thing ever, and he's just he's balling out against the shitty teams, play bad against the good teams, and then he's gonna get everyone to get their hype back into him. Like, oh my god, all right, I'm done shitting on him. Like, he's finally back, and then he's gonna lose to some fucking awful ass team with the worst performance ever, or like lose a really big bowl game really badly, and you're gonna be like, well, well this is why we don't count on him. Well, um. Not gonna lie to you, their last three games of the year aren't easy. At home versus Washington, which they should win. At home versus fourteen ranked Utah, and they're at Oregon State to end the year. So, yeah, kind of have right. to prove it. Yeah, that those are those. That's a good three game stretch to end the season. Now, yeah. Now, not gonna lie. Even if they win all those games, and they get their rematch with Georgia, they're still getting their ass raped. Yeah. It, it is <laughs> not- they're gonna. They're a participation team if they make the playoffs. Yes, it, it is gonna be a. You played really good this year. We're you so made proud the of playoffs. You. Congratulations! You are the sacrificial lamb for the Georgia Tennessee rematch. Yeah, <laughs> we're so sorry. Um, yeah, good God. Um, yeah, they, I just wanted to give him a little shout. You know, I've been shitting on him all year, and the fact that they're just outside looking into the college football playoff, they have a good chance of making it if they continue their good. 
uh, play as of late. Um, I know they had that really just upsetting loss in week one, but since then, been rolling, been on fire ever since. I mean, if you want to look at how much points they've put up, 70, 41, 44, 45, 49, 45, 42, 49. Haven't put up less than 40 points. Dude, Cristobal, did you see that that tweet Jay sent us? It was like Mario Cristobal was the one that ruined Herbert at Oregon. Like he's the only reason. He's like they had so much talent under him. They've had the best talent and best recruiting under him ever, but they couldn't fucking score on offense. He's a, a horrible offensive mind. Yeah, wouldn't doubt it. Isn't Cristobal at Miami right now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 45 to 3. Yeah. But uh, the next mm-hmm. game I want to talk about, Clemson getting exposed by Notre Dame. And, dude, dude, I was backing Clemson this whole season. Every pod, I was like, they're getting too much shit. They're getting too much shit. Like, blah, blah, blah. I, I backed them in every single pod we did. You know, I even put them at, like, what? I put them at three in the rankings. Yeah, I believe so. And then they got clapped by, by Notre Dame. Clapped. Yeah. 28-7. And we're like, dude, DJU is going to ball out again. He's back in Notre Dame where his career started, all this shit. Dude, I don't know what's wrong with Clemson. I don't know if Venables was that important to them. You know, I don't know if, like, he was actually, like, the madness behind all that. I don't know what it is, but uh, they are looking like the worst Clemson we've seen since this Dabo run started. Yeah. Um, definitely aren't playing their best football. Um, you know, but – it's weird. They weren't playing their best football, but it always seemed as though they could have put it together. Like they had, they had the pieces there where they could have, like, if they were to play an Alabama or a Georgia or something along those lines in the playoffs. Um, it felt like if they did put it together, they'd have a very competitive game, and any like anyone could have won those matchups. And it felt more favorable to them that they didn't have to do the grind of the SEC schedule, and they only had to focus for like a big team like that for like one to two games. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't a ton of teams in the ACC that couldn't upset you per se, but like you could get away with playing a little sloppily and getting, getting away with a win. Yeah. You're not there. playing Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss and fucking Tennessee in the same, same schedule. Yeah, exactly. Um, what I will say though, is the thing that I hate every year. And it, oh my God, it, it keeps happening. And it's almost as if I'm like stuck in a nightmare. How many times am I going to have to watch Notre Dame? upset some highly ranked team amidst their <laughs> shitty season. Yeah. And they just get thrown right back into the rankings for no goddamn reason. Because yeah. if you look if you look at their schedule, they have not played extremely well. They've just played some really good teams close and have just like gotten away with the benefit of the doubt. And now suddenly they beat Clemson, which really all it did was expose Clemson for what they were. It didn't really like prove Notre Dame to be that good. And suddenly Notre Dame's like back on the rankings. It did exactly with the UF win over uh over Tam, you did, except, except no, over Texas A&M. Uh, like, but it did the opposite effect. Instead of being like, yes, Clemson's not that good. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Notre Dame's actually pretty legit. Yeah, I, I, I need to release a psychological evaluation of people that have seen the movie Rudy or anything related to Notre Dame football and just see if they actually give a shit about them or if it's just the historical context that, like, allows them to, like, cheer them on. Um, my dream, though, is is I want FSU to play Notre Dame in a New York Six Bowl just so Florida State can expose Notre Dame. And then and then what I know what's going to happen, is, which is going to piss me off even more, is people are just going to go back to realizing that Notre Dame wasn't shit and then Florida State's not going to get any credit. Yeah. Whereas it, what it should be is, is Florida State should be like, oh, my God, y'all like y'all played really well. You did good. Like, you beat Notre Dame. But I know that's not going to happen. 
because it's going to be an ugly win. It's going to be like no scoring for like the first like quarter and a half. And then they'll like each put up like a touchdown and a field goal, go 10, 10 and a half. And then it'll just end up like 24, 21. at like the end of the game off some bullshit, but yeah, like a crazy uh, penalty or something. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to get too, too worked up about it. Moving on from that though. We'll give a quick rundown to some of the other games during the week before we get into our own college football playoff format. Um, as you know, here at Clocks on the Stove, we do a top 12. Um, so we're looking forward to getting that out for you. But UGA ended up throttling Tennessee and Athens. You know, I thought Tennessee would be able to cover that plus eight. You know, their offense had been great. But guess what? They finally faced a legitimate defensive line. And Hendon Hooker had nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Got so. sacked six times. Yep, not only that, but somehow Stetson Bennett looked like the uh, prime version of Johnny Manziel for no reason. I don't know where that fucking came I from. Do but, think, uh, I do think that Tennessee could beat them in a rematch if it happened. I don't think they looked like out of reach with Georgia. I think they just looked shell-shocked. And the other, uh, thing, the other thing, too, is I said it in the last pod, Tennessee played all their big games at home. That was the first time they were in a scary environment, and it, it, it fucked them. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I forget what they were saying during the Georgia game, but it was like one of the stadiums that's like known for being the loudest was only at like 105 decibels. But yet the first quarter of that Georgia Tennessee game was 115 decibels. Yeah, no, dude, they were rock that, that Georgia, that Georgia dude, any, if you play any team in the sec and they're in the top 10, it's going to be fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you want to talk Except about having Ole home Miss field advantage. Stadium fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to talk about having home field advantage across most sports, I would say college football has the most impact based off whether you're playing home or away. Uh, Duke-North Carolina basketball game? Dude, uh, dude, but basketball is such like a swing, swing-based game. I don't know. Dude, you got to watch some college wrestling too, man. Going to Iowa or Penn State is not like wrestling at home. They are screaming, yeah, but, we want to murder you, like they're fans. I mean, yeah, like, but like 115 decibels, dude, that's like the equivalent no, of – loudness-wise, but impact-wise, I don't know if you can say that. Dude, I don't know. It it plays – like, if that Tennessee-Georgia game would be at a neutral site, I think we're looking at a completely different model. That's a playoff game, completely different. I agree, but also, like, it's a team sport. Imagine being one-on-one, like, at Iowa where it's – 20,000 people for a wrestling match and uh, and all you see is like they're all wearing black and they're screaming like we want them to rip your head off and you walk out to wrestle Spencer Lee is going to actually try to rip your head off and there's fire shooting up next to you and you're like holy shit I'm, se- I'm 18 years old I just did this to get free college and now I'm about to die like see I don't know I feel like I'm inclined to because when we talked to Cardenas he was like you, he's like you kind of just tune it out at that level like you're just like I mean, I know, I know it still gets to you. Like, there's no way you can completely tune it out. Like, we're not talking like some Billy Chapel, like um, the perfect game type shit where he's like, oh, clear the mechanism and like everyone disappears. But like, <laughs> I mean, dude, I feel like in a team, in a team sport, because like at least uh, in an individual sport, like you're constantly involved. But, like in football, like you have so much like downtime, like whether it be in between plays or like your defense is on the field, like you're sitting on the sideline. Like you are literally 10 feet away from people that are like, looking up your sister's Instagram or like your girlfriend's yeah, Instagram. No, you're and like, right. You're right. And like literally like you have like, you can't, you're not even like allowed a chance to like, just like distract yourself. Cause there's gotta be a point in time where you got to get water. You got to sit on that bench. You got to be 
alone with your thoughts and they are not going to let you think straight. Um, we talked to we, uh, Nelson uh, hit you up not too long ago and he talked about how like playing at Kansas was mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like and imagine that as like a D lineman, like a D lineman, like, uh, like not to discredit Nelson or anything, but he's a pretty smart guy. So I'm not saying like his job isn't like too difficult for him. Like he knows what he's doing when he's on the football field, yeah. but when he's not having to think about what he has to do, there's a lot of people trying to get into his head and just take him off for a player or two. And we've seen it happen. We've seen kids lose their shit and just completely act out of the ordinary. Um, I forget what game it was. I want to say it was a Wisconsin game not too long ago where the Wisconsin guy, the guy got the game ceiling pick and the offensive lineman just, Buried yeah, his LSU ass. Wisconsin, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember yeah. watching that, and I was like, I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And the dude was like, he's like, oh, sorry, like he's like, the fans just like got in my head, like, what? Dude, he like, caught the pick, took a knee, and then went to celebrate and just got <laughs> baptized. <laughs> yeah. And like they didn't even they didn't even try to fight the lineman. They were like, okay, like you just murdered our man, but cool, I guess. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Back to some other games. Michigan State ended up upsetting number 16, Illinois. Um, but more so a poor showing on Illinois' part. Michigan State, I think, has been just a dog dog program yeah, this year. It's one of those games where you're not like, wow, Michigan State's actually not that bad. You're like, damn, Illinois really shit the bed. Yep, exactly. 15 points, kind of weird. Um, considering how good their defense has been and their rushing attack, uh, it just, I don't know, really weird. Um, Kansas upset number 16, Oklahoma State. And they're now bowl eligible for the first Dude, time since talk 2008. Talk about the fucking biggest disappointment of this season so far. It's got to be Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, you know, it was weird. We talked about it earlier, uh, just in the aspect of Kansas. I said how they started off 5-0, and and then I was like, they might not win a game for the rest of the year. <laughs> I was like, they instead, could of, up- instead of that being Kansas, it's fucking Oklahoma State. Yeah. Same shit. Oklahoma State now slowly falling off the ranks. Dude, I don't understand. And it's so like this is the I get mad because I like Mike Gundy so much. And he does the same shit every single year. Every year. Yeah. You know, you know what's weird to me? I feel like this is one of the few years of college football where like I could not tell you a single NFL prospect confidently. Will Anderson, sure, I'll give you Bryce um, Hendon Hooker. I'm not I'm not putting respect on either of those guys. I don't see any. True. You're asking me, Jared Sway. Hey, you're asking me a guy who's watched Ohio State quarterbacks continuously suck Jared dick verse, in the NFL. Jared verse. Jared verse. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, um, but I just mean like clear cut, like number one, like game changing players. That oh, like, they, I will Anderson. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, even maybe, then, maybe maybe uh, maybe Hyatt from Tennessee. Yes. Yes. Okay. He's factor, but. I mean, like, damn, it just seems like – because, I don't know, I feel like we were more exposed to, like, the true game changers when we watched games. Like, we like it was hard to miss guys make an impact quite like Jermaine Johnson when he was at Florida State. Like, I also think, like, it's kind of different now, too, because, like, some of these dudes are, like, 25 and 26 because of COVID. That does, yeah, that, that might be it as well. You know? Another thing another thing I've noticed is – um. Um, just scrolling on TikTok, guys like will comment on former NFL athletes that have been like the combine or whatever, and they're like, "What?" They're like, "What do you notice about like the DB group or like the safety group? Like, what do you notice about all these like skill positions?" And he goes, "I'm not gonna lie. He goes, everyone is the exact same. Whether you're D two, D three, D one. He goes, you are all 
legit copies of each other. You're all fast. You're all tall. You're all lengthy. You can all catch. You can all run routes. He goes, there is nothing that separates you. He goes, there's not a single thing. He's like, it is all. We're just looking for like one or two, like tiny little details. Yeah. And he's like, it's all about like how you do in your interviews and like how like smart you appear. If you can like learn the playbook fast, he's like, however fast you can get on the field. That's what determines whether or not if they want to draft you, if they feel like you're a work in progress, they're not going to waste your time. They'll give you a practice squad spot. And then guess what? You fuck up in practice. And that doesn't mean you're bad, but they don't have time. Like they want the best now. Yeah. Like, some teams are in rebuild mode, and when you're in rebuild mode, you need pieces. You need the puzzle pieces now. You need to know what you're working with. Yeah, but if you're and, like a really, really good team, you can take a developmental guy. Because sometimes yeah. a developmental guy, their ceiling is way higher. It just takes two to three years to get there. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, we'll move on from that. Some other games to touch on. Pitt upset number twenty Syracuse. Um, Sean Tucker was not pleased with his performance. And that touched the ball. He touched the ball four times. Yeah, how can you be pleased with your performance? How can the Syracuse coaching staff be pleased with themselves knowing that they continue to cuck our boy Sean? Bro, how do you have one of the best all-purpose backs in college football and you let him touch the ball four times? Like, the whole point is to give the – you want your best players to have the ball and make the plays. Yeah. Like like their coach said, he goes, oh, uh, you know, we're going to get Sean Tucker involved this week. You know, we're, we're going to make sure he's directly involved with this game. Was he, though? Was he four touches? Yeah, was he was nice. he really that involved? Um, another game that was kind of a surprise, and another team I feel deserves some notoriety this season is Liberty. Um, you know, they ended up beating Arkansas twenty one to nineteen. I don't look. I got to be honest. I want to hype up Liberty, but at the same time, I've not watched a single game. Yeah, I haven't watched uh, a Liberty game. I think actually maybe they played Cincinnati. I don't know. I haven't watched Liberty game, but dude, like Hugh Freeze is a phenomenal coach. He's never been a bad coach. He didn't get fired at Ole Miss and all these other places for being a bad coach. He had it because he did some pretty bad criminal activity. All right. Dude, That's- holy shit. If Liberty's only loss is a one point loss to Wake at Wake. Yeah, they're fucking the third good. week. Of- they have wins over He's been there the BYU. last three years, and look how good they've gotten, and look how much he's developed Malik Willis. Their last their last true test is Virginia Tech. That Virginia Tech just lost at home to Georgia Tech. They're not going to a bowl game. I'm well aware, but they the rest of their schedule is UConn and New Mexico State. You want to say that's their toughest test? Dude, no. Hugh Freeze is a great coach. He was amazing at Ole Miss. But he's got a very bad criminal record, so he can't coach Power Five. So he's just going to make Liberty a powerhouse. See, here's my problem. I'm Even if they went serious out, too, I'm, I know you freeze. I'm being serious. Even if best case scenario, they went out. Liberty wins out. Do you give them a New York Six Bowl? Yes. At eleven and one. Liberty versus Tulane at eleven and one. Mm, you see, I would have said give them a real test just to see if they're like, cause here's my thing. If you're one of those lower seated teams that beat out your schedule, like you went like 11 and one in their case, but like you're not non power five team. What I think you need to do is I think you need to schedule them against a mid upper tier power five school 
to see how they really line up. So that way you know where to put them in the preseason rankings next year. Like me personally, I think what you I, do, I, actually, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with what you're saying. Yeah, no, keep going. Because, and, and what I want to see is you face, you put that Liberty team up against UNC, against Utah, again, because, okay, because here's my other thing. Like a, it, like a, it, like a, like an upper, upper pack, lower, lower upper pack team. Yes, because my problem is if you face Liberty off against like a, an LSU, like I don't think their line, like I don't think they're yeah, off. They don't, line, their players line. physically can't. Yeah, they just can't compete. Now you face them against a Pac-12 team where it's mostly known for offensive firepower. Guess what? You create a great, great environment for the fans because they get to watch a shootout. It's gonna be a high-scoring game. And hey, let's be honest, most people aren't tuning in to Pac-12 games to watch defense and non-power five games to watch defense. That's just how it is. Um, you give them a team like North Carolina where you have a promising freshman quarterback in Drake May. Um, you throw him against Liberty defense to see what he can do. And hey. If he gets exposed by Liberty, then you kind of know that maybe not that guy. Who knows? Um, there's a lot of other teams on here where I would like to see it play out. You know, um, them against UCF would be fun to watch. Them against Washington, Kansas State, Illinois, even NC State or Penn State. I honestly, I think Liberty could beat Penn State. I'm really not too yeah. high on Penn State anyway. Um, I will give uh, Big Ten teams their respect. You know, their war is one of the trenches, but you know, my faith isn't in Sean Clifford. And to be honest, the way they beat um, Arkansas, I'm kind of riding on Liberty a little higher than most. I think uh, most I think them. you do what you're saying, and you give them what I call the Cincinnati treatment, right? Mm. You give them a little test like that, all right? They win, you throw them in the top ten next year in the beginning of the season, and then they're then they're in control of their own fate if they win out. They lose, but it's a good game. Like when Cincinnati should have beaten Georgia and they lost, like by that fucking last second field goal. Mm. Throw them in the top twenty, let them. Throw them in the top 20, they got to get a power five win, and then they can control their fate. Yeah. When you're a non-power five team, it doesn't – it kind of takes two to three seasons to get – I mean, it took Cincinnati three seasons, even though they were good enough probably the season before. It took them three seasons to get that love. So it usually takes like two to three seasons. They're looking for consistency. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah. Didn't – yeah, yeah. So – you want to think about it, the last time we really saw like a non power five team get put up against a really strong power five team was that 2006 Y team, RIP Colt Brennan. Um, but you know, there was other times. No, there were other times. Yeah. But like, this was like the main reason we don't do it anymore is because that Hawaii team had the best offense in all of football. They were putting up like 70 points a game. They looked ridiculous. Yeah. But and then Jack, also like, like I know you love that team, but the AAC is way fucking better than the WAC was. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But at the same time, like, if we try to if we try to do the same thing with Liberty, where it's like, oh well, you know, give them a chance. To, you never know. Like, no, like I'm sorry. Hey, like, give them a put, little test. They they pass the test. You give them their respect. Yeah. Honestly, give Liberty Texas A&M. Fuck it. No, I, I Liberty would be Texas A&M. Exactly. So in gym, really, really piss off Texas A&M fans. Um, let them know how truly garbage they are, and just end their misery. But yeah, coming up um, next, we got number 24, Texas, upsetting number 13, Kansas State, 34 to 27. I didn't watch the game. Um, I, I, I don't know anything to say. I didn't watch anything, anything about this game. Yeah, unfortunately, wasn't able to tune into this one. Um, not because a big Texas guy. I was watching FSU baptize Miami 45 to 3. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Um, 
that game kind of got boring to watch. You know, I usually I stopped enjoy... watching after it 21-3. I stopped or 21-0, yeah, whatever yeah, it was. It, it, it's really weird for me um, to, like, watch a rivalry game play and not want to watch Florida State just murder a rival. But at the same time, it wasn't even, like, a like it wasn't even a good ass whooping. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't even like Miami was playing like good football and FSU was just dominating. It was literally like I was watching Miami players just give up on the game of football. Yeah, like, like was this, watching, this like, forty-five, this forty-five to three win didn't feel as good as the national championship year when we beat them like forty-two to ten. Yeah, not at all. Because not they all. played it, good and they were good, and we just stuffed them. This was like we just beat up on a homeless kid. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, it was like it was like forcing your five-star linebacker like and telling him like hey we need to win this game and they're trying to like they're trying to screw us over by making their make a wish kid score a touchdown right now to go up by one you're 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 stuffing that hole you are stuffing that hole i don't care how much media hate you get you are flatlining that kid yeah they're they're doing this on purpose they think we don't have the balls to stuff him and they think their make a wish is going to send them to the playoffs. You Fuck see it. the video that came out like a couple weeks yes. ago. <laughs> the kid, the kid knew immediately too because he was like, "I got the backfield way." Yeah, easy. no, he went this went, Oh, and all the fans go, "Yeah, oh." <laughs> <laughs> that that is the literal reincarnation. Oh, dude, that kid has to Miami. transfer. That kid has to transfer. Ah, uh, dude, I I can just imagine going into school the next day and like you go to walk past like <laughs> you go to walk past like the special needs like classroom and like your friends like are immediately like touching you and they're like oh you better watch out man he's gonna end up spearing up he's gonna end up spearing one of them you're like bro come on dude like, yeah there's an accident. like come on i wonder oh, if there was an accident i don't, I don't want to dive into that anymore fuck that uh, i don't know yeah. yeah zach week 10's over week 12 college football rankings will be dropping tuesday night you want to give us a little insight on what your week 12 college football playoff rankings would look like top 12, yeah. by the way, we do full bracket. Yeah. Um, look, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I'm going to well, well, do this. We, Zach and I are the exact same to the top six, which yeah, I believe so is look, pretty consensus with the entire country. Yeah. Um, Georgia at one after what they did to Tennessee, Ohio State's two. They're still undefeated. Michigan three. They're also undefeated. TCU at four, just for how well they've played this and year. They're, they're undefeated. also undefeated. Yeah. Tennessee's only loss is to uh, the number one team in the country. So we're not going to drop them too far for that. Oregon at six because they've bounced back since also losing to the number one team in the country. Uh, you're starting this little trend here. So that's and, where Zach and I stay the same. Yeah. Yes. This is where yeah. controversy comes. Yeah. Um, you know what? Let's do you want to go team by team? Yeah, we can do some number by number. So at number right. seven, Zach's coming in with USC and I'm coming in with LSU. You want to explain your pick? Yeah. So the reason why I'm coming with USC is just because honestly, I think their preseason ranking has kind of carried them up to this point. Um, you know, they haven't played their best football. Their only loss is to a ranked team. They're probably shouldn't be this high anyway, but at the same time, you know, only one loss. I mean, anywhere through 7 through 12, I could understand an argument for putting any of those teams. I'm not really going to care. Um, obviously, it is a big placement because if you're looking at the college football standpoint, that's only three spots out from the four, from the top four seeds. But honestly, the reason why I would want to see them 
in this spot is because I believe that would match up Oregon playing Alabama um, in the first round. And I just want to watch Lincoln Riley die. Um, So I was holding that. I was withdrawing that from you. I knew you disagree with me on why I put them there, but it was only because I want to watch USC get absolutely baptized by Alabama and the worst bloodbath of a round one game of all time. Um, So, yeah. So the reason why I kind of, you'll kind of notice my trend. The reason why I set up, my top 12 the way I did isn't really for like who's the better team. It's what matchups I wanted to see play out round by round. Like I want to see if they beat this team, I want them to play these guys. Like I, I kind of, I kind of screwed around. Like I, I definitely pissed a lot of fans off, but they'll thank me afterwards when they watch bangers of a fucking playoff schedule. So but, I, uh, I did mine entirely. Like I told Zach rankings aren't based on like, how good you think a team is or who you think would win in the head-on match. It's based on what that team has done thus far this season. So I'm putting LSU. I understand they have two losses, all right, but their wins are better than Clemson <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Their wins are better than UCLA, Ole Miss, and USC, who so have one loss, and they beat Ole Miss. They also beat Alabama, okay? Their wins are great. Their only losses are to Tennessee, who is one of the best teams in the country, probably probably overall the second-best team in the country behind Georgia. Um, and, and Florida state, who, which they lost on a blocked field, but blocked PAT to go to overtime and a crazy game week games. I think it was week zero opening week game. So no, mm-hmm. it was week one. So it was, it was give them love, bro. And you have to give them the respect. They're good. Jaden Daniels. Good. They're a good team. I'm putting that two loss LSU team at seven over them at eight. You have LSU and I have UCLA. So instead of putting USC, USC has not beaten anybody. They've been a single-ranked opponent, and their last two wins were ugly, okay? And their Oregon State win was ugly. They haven't shown me anything thus far. to what I know what they're capable of, but they haven't shown me what they've done. UCLA has a win over Utah. UCLA has a win over Washington, both ranked teams. Their only loss is Oregon, which was an eight-point game. UCLA, I, I hate UCLA. I don't even like UCLA, but they're good. Dorian Thompson, whatever. What's his name? Dorian DT. Robert Thompson. Dorian Thompson, Thompson Robinson. Good. Mm-hmm. He's, he's amazing. I think they're a good team. I think their wins and what they've done so far put them at a, at eight for me. At nine, you have UCLA and I have Bama. What makes you put UCLA at nine behind LSU and not the other way around? Um, You know, I think LSU outside, if they don't lose that week one game, I think they're considered a fringing top four team in the country, especially after last week's win over Alabama. Look, if you – I mean, if you look at it, just what Brian Kelly's done with that team, like they're a really good football team. Like they are really solid. Um, like I said, I mostly just kind of based it around the formatting of how they match up. Um, I kind of screwed up the way I did it. So yeah, LSU would play UCLA. So either one, they were kind of interchangeable. I yeah. just thought LSU would be. I thought LSU would win the game if they played UCLA. That's why I have them as the higher seed, just based off favorites. Um, but I would like to see LSU play UCLA. I think that would also really high scoring, fun watch. Two great, great quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah. Great quarterback play. Insanely fun to watch. I did mess up though in my rankings now that I realized it would have been Tennessee, Clemson, and Oregon playing Alabama. So I kind of messed that up there. What I should have done is I should have put LSU at seven. You could have put Alabama at 10. Mm, yeah. Damn. I could have reworked that. Finish off the rankings. Zach has Zach's nine to ten, nine to twelve. 
UCLA at nine, Ole Miss at 10, Alabama at 11, Clemson at 12. I got Bama at nine, Clemson at 10, Ole Miss at 11, USC at 12. I think Ole Miss as the win over um, Kentucky that gives them that jump over USC. I think Clemson, if they don't lose to Notre Dame, they lose to anyone else in their season, they're still a top eight team. The Notre Dame one is just so ugly, and I think that's why you got to give it to Bama. Bama's only losses were both away games, one on the final play of the game. Yeah, that's it. That's my facts. Yep. Um, just my defense for Bama. Look, I understand the, I guess, reasoning behind their two losses. You're both in tough environments. You're playing away. Both are one-score games that came down to last plays of the game. I get it. But at the end of the day, um, no matter how much I want to defend teams, I have to be fair. I have to treat everyone the same. Two losses is two losses. No matter what it is at the end of the season, people are only going to look Ten years down the road, people are just going to look back and say, "Why did a two-loss team get in over someone else?" And that's I why can't. We need the twelve. That's why we need twelve. Because guess what? You put twelve in there, no ifs, ands, or buts. You'll probably get in anyway. Don't lose. Win. Ultra Bowl recap. Thank you.